Really good. Okay, we've got the basics. Let's just talk about this now, just for a few moments. Got three things to say. I want you to notice what Jesus was doing as he was riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. He is on a mission, and he is on a donkey. He is on a mission to save, and he's going to do it on a donkey. I want you to notice, here is someone who knows what they're doing. Just listen to, to this. He said, didn't he, to his disciples, do you remember? Go and get, I've organized this. Go and get a donkey. In fact, go and get the mother and go and get the, the young one, the young donkey, bring them to me. If the person asks you what you're doing, tell them, I need the donkey, we've sorted this out, remember? And they send the donkey. Jesus had planned this and prepared it in advance. He knew what he was doing. That's an important thing because he's coming. You know what's going to happen. He's going to meet the crowds. They're all going to shout Hosanna. It's going to cause a massive stir and it's going to end up getting him in the end killed. But he knew what he was doing. That's precious. And he was on a donkey. Mary's already shared with us. There may have been some horns going off. You might expect when a king comes into town for them to be riding like a war horse or a chariot with great fanfare or the sound of cannons or gunfire these days, that kind of thing. The kind of sounds we got, though, were as follows. Hang on a second. That's a donkey, by the way. <laughs> Those are the sounds that accompanied the coming of this king. Here we have, that's what Zechariah said, here's a lowly king coming gently on a donkey, as if to say, I am a completely different kind of king than the ones you might have known before. Meek, lowly. See your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So first picture, children, can you put in your first picture any of the following? A donkey, um, a big E or in a speech bubble, you could do that. Uh, you could do a big uh, sort of, you could do some weapons, some swords or something and big cross through it. There was none of that. There was no weapons. There was no chariots. You could do a chariot and put a big cross through it. There was none of that. Or you could just do a big slogan across it. This king is different. Like that. That's your first box. Okay, get your first box drawn. Whilst they do that, adults, can we just circle back to that thought for a moment? Here is Jesus. He knows what he's doing. Now, if he knew what he was doing back then, when he was organizing a sort of an incoming into Jerusalem, that would lead to his death his suffering, his trial, his crucifixion, if he knew that, he knew what he was doing then, then he knows what he's doing now. So in this world and in our lives, when things could look really weak, when we might come up against things very difficult perhaps even deadly. Just as Jesus knew what he was doing 
then. He knows what he's doing now. Isn't that precious? He's not taken by surprise. This is not something he's just thinking up at the last second. Very carefully planned. I know exactly what I'm doing. That's powerful. Second point. Let's go to the second point. Um, this is the next event from Palm Sunday. So we've had Palm Sunday. That was, that was that. Then the next day, Jesus does this. I'm going to show you a little video now so you can get heads up. Children, if you've been drawing your pictures, heads up at this point. I'd like you to see this video. It'll come up on the screens here. Okay, this is what happens when Jesus went into the temple. He found money changers there. He found a lot of cattle there. He found a lot of things going on there that shouldn't have been. Here's what happened. So in the temple there, where it ought to have been this place of worship for all nations and a place of prayer, it had become a place, a marketplace. It had become a den of thieves, as Jesus said. So he got a, bit, a big whip of cords, as you saw it there. He drove out those money changers. He overturned the tables. He made a massive statement. Now think with me for a moment. Children, before you draw your pictures, here's a time when Jesus was angry. But I want you to notice what happened. I'm going to read you an amazing verse um, that comes right, right after what we just saw in the video. Just listen to this. This is Matthew 21, and this is verse um, 13. I'll go from 13. This is the story. This is Jesus saying, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. Right, very next verse. Very next verse. This is what happens when Jesus gets angry. It's very unlike when I get angry. When I get angry, bad things happen. I regret it. People get hurt, that sort of thing. When Jesus gets angry... Here's what happens. Very next verse. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. When the chief priests and teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Isn't that amazing? When Jesus gets angry and drives out what shouldn't have been happening in that place, then the vulnerable can come in. And the children can come in. And the nations can come in. Matthew 21, 13, 14, 15. Isn't that amazing? When Jesus gets angry... Everyone's welcome. The poor, the lame, the children. So, children, can you draw for me in that second box, and there's actually two parts to it, you could draw like a whip of cords, like you saw that sort of whip device that Jesus was using there. And you could do like a money table being flipped over. You could do a pigeon flying away. And I want you to answer that question on the right-hand side, which I've just given for you. What happens when Jesus gets angry? Write the answer to that. Note what we just said. The lame, the poor, the children can come in. 
And whilst they draw, adults, can I just make a broader theological point here, an important point for us to think about? As we read the Bible and we read about God's anger, as we often do, if you read through sections of the Old Testament, you will regularly see that the Lord is angry. Here is a brilliant place to come to understand what that looks like. Remember that Jesus reveals to us, doesn't he, just exactly what this living God is like. This is what he's like. This is what his anger is like. So when you read about this, when you go through your Old Testament and you hear of God's anger, you should think, ah, it's, this is going to be good. This is going to deal with um, everything that is wrong and destructive and allow goodness to flourish. This will clear the way in order for there to be peace, healing, and for children to shout Hosanna. That's what, that's what happens when the Lord gets angry. It's very different to human, our very fallen anger, the kind of anger that often comes out of us, which is still destructive and hurtful and damaging. When the Lord is angry, it is, it is always going to produce something good and do away with something that's deeply wrong. That's an important little passage. So that was the Monday. So we've had Palm Sunday. We've had Monday. Children, are you with me? Are you tracking with me at this point? So last one. Now before Good Friday, the last event that we're going to look at now. And remember, we're, we're, we're sort of thinking, who is this king? Who is he, this one that comes riding in on the donkey? What's he like? Lowly, gentle, humble. Even when he gets angry, he draws all people to himself. Now, surely though, surely we would expect a king to have some royal clothing, some servants, some corgis perhaps. We would expect something at least. Right, I do have, I do have a throne of some sort here. Here we go. This is crazy heavy, this thing. Hang on a second. Right. This is actually going to serve many purposes. It's very wide, and uh, that's going to be helpful for me. Right, Monday, Thursday, here is King Jesus. This is what he does. I have two volunteers, I believe, Daniel and Joel. Are they here? Hey, come on up, help me out. Let's give them a little hand. So I'm going to get you guys, this thing I think is wide enough for you both to sit on it. Would you mind just sitting on there for me? And so this is the next thing that Jesus does. This is the next major event in Holy Week. He does as follows. Can you guys take your shoes off for me? Shoes and socks. Is that all right? Just going to grab another prop. Now, this is nice, warm soapy water I've got here. Let's just pop your shoes there. Right, I want you guys, there you go, I'll slide that in there. Now you just pop your feet straight in there for me. You getting this? Here we go. And I'm going to get, in a minute, I'm going to put on this uh, handheld microphone, uh, number one. And Daniel, I might just get you to read something for me. Um, 
But just before Daniel does, um, you know the word so, like connects two ideas, don't you, children? Do you know this? So, for example, um, I, I was hungry, so I had something to eat. Or, another example, I was tired, so I went to bed. Right, you get the idea, you get what so is doing here? We're going to read, I'm going to get Daniel to read um, two little verses from John's Gospel, John chapter 13. Again, mind-blowing verses, absolutely mind-blowing. Listen out for the so in this. Right, I'm going to get you to read that. Is this one working? Testing one, two. You can take that. And you read in a nice loud voice to everyone in the church that whilst I wash your feet, go for it. Jesus knew that the Father had, had put all things under his power and that he could, had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Did you hear the so? Can you just give us one more time? I'm going to dry your feet this time, so lift up your feet one more time. Right, just in case you missed it, Daniel, one more time, really big, loud voice. Just pop you real high for them. I'm going to move that out of your way and get them dry this time. One more time. This is John 13. Hit it. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he, he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his own outer clothing and wrapped, up, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Amazing. Great job. Thank you so much. You can now grab your shoes and go and grab a seat. Thanks, boys. Well done. Yeah, give them a little round of applause. Thank you. Now, in case you missed that, it's just those two things side by side are just enough to, let me just say that again, all things, all things Jesus knew that had come into his control, his power. He was from God and returning to God. So... He washed his disciples' feet. Isn't that awesome? All power, all authority in heaven and earth given to me. I belong to the living God. I've come from God. I'm going to God. I have everything. So I'm going to wash my disciples' feet. Amazing. 
Children, can you draw maybe a picture of a towel? Maybe a picture of washing feet? Maybe a big, um, you know, a big sort of exclamation? This is power. Across your page, this is power. This is all authority. Jesus shows us what it really is as he gets down to clean feet. Do you know, um, the Bishop of Chelmsford, just a little fact for you, uh, that's actually the bishop's chair. So the bishop comes, when the bishop visits uh, visits the church, the Bishop of Chelmsford, uh, they generally sit on that chair and get that chair out for them, which looks quite, you know, kind of looks a bit like a throne. But I'll tell you, this Thursday and every Monday Thursday, the Bishop of Chelmsford goes to Chelmsford Prison for a foot washing service in the prison and washes prisoners' feet. Isn't that cool? That is power, according to Jesus. Jesus transforms what it means to be a king. He rides in lowly, gentle, and on a donkey. Jesus transforms what it means to be angry. When he's angry, good things, good things happen, always. And he he transforms what it means to be powerful. He shows us that power serves gets down on your knees, washes feet. So for anyone, really, who wants to consider the way of Jesus, walking in that way, perhaps wants to think about Christian leadership, those are the kind of things you've got to ask yourself. Am I okay with washing feet? Let those thoughts, Jesus is king, Jesus' anger, Jesus' power. Just give you a few moments to think how those symbols, these stories of Jesus in the gospel might help, help us think through what that might mean for us as followers of Jesus, maybe as a husband or a wife, maybe as a child, maybe as a boss, maybe as someone who holds some sway in social circles, maybe an influencer, social media, What does it mean to follow after Jesus, the King? To get angry like Jesus got angry and to use power in the way that Jesus uses power. Let's pray. And then at the end of the service, after we've sung again, um, children, I'd love to see your drawings. Shall we pray together? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, there's no one like you. You are utterly compelling when we look at you and when we go deep into the stories of the Bible. uh, It's thrilling and amazing. Uh, You turn the whole world upside down with the way you have shown us true life, uh, true kingship, true power. Father, as disciples of this Lord Jesus, together here at St. John's, Make us truly um, finding ourselves following in that way. 
and in his likeness. As you, we pray, empower us by that same spirit, your Holy Spirit that empowered Jesus through that week. Lord, would you be with us as we walk this holy week again in our minds with you, Lord Jesus, and have transforming power in our hearts, we pray. For we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.